for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Tuesday, April 10th, 2012, episode 30 of Attack of the Androids over on GroovyPost.com. AttackoftheAndroids.com, your weekly look into all things Android, hardware, software, and everything in between. My name's Matt. Joining me tonight, just the three amigos. Jeremy, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, buddy? Good, good. Joey, what's up, man? Good evening, man. How you doing? I'm good, and that's it. Just us three. Uh, you guys can catch these shows every week over on, like I said, attackoftheandroids.com. Make sure you're subscribed to iTunes, follow the Twitter, and the Facebook page, and we're on Google+. How about that? So, uh, let's start the show off with... Um, I use StumbleUpon quite a bit, uh, and for all the podcasts that I do, uh, it's a very handy tool for... For our listeners to be able to, you know, when they come across something, it's it's really easy to just send it. Uh, I did just notice, I, I don't know, if Stumble has had an Android app for a while, I never really had a use for it. But I, I installed it the other day, and I gotta say, man, they they have this mobile thing down. Like, I was expecting it to just take forever to load or, you know, prefetch pages and just be a laggy pile. But, man, however they did it, it works really well. So, um, yeah, you can stumble stuff uh, to me. Uh, I'll, I'll put a link to it on the site. But so uh, one of our listeners, Berger, uh, he listens to a few of uh, our shows here. He stumbled in this uh, interesting security alert. Uh, this is and this ju- this came out uh, March 29th. So it's not new, new, but uh, I'm sure of a lot of our listeners. Uh, this will be new to them. Uh, what it's called is DKF Bootkit. And they're saying that this is making a move to be the first Android bootkit. Now, Jeremy and Joey, you guys both deal with uh, fixing computers and IT and stuff like that. So you can you tell the listeners like the difference between a rootkit and a bootkit, Jeremy? Um, I can't. This is the first time I've ever heard the term bootkit. Me too. What's a rootkit? Uh, rootkit is something that's going to infect the kernel, uh, the primary code that makes an operating system. And the part that makes it really tricky is that because that file is always running, you know, you always have the kernel if you have the operating system, uh, it's really easy to both hide from antivirus software and also really difficult to remove because how do you remove something when it's attached to something that's always running? So it gets in. General, in... Oh, go ahead, Joe. If, if in general, if you have an honest-to-god rootkit and a traditional or even some non-traditional methods of cleaning it are fail, you're basically left with a reinstall of your operating system and a wipe of the device in order to get rid of it, um, which is unfortunately a alarmingly often reality in the PC world. But then you you run into problems, too, where it hides in the BIOS. I've read about some of them hiding in the memory on your graphics card. (laughs) Like, there's some really sneaky stuff out there. 
And from, so from what I understand of the boot kit is that this basically does the same thing, but with applications. Uh, and it, it says it uses known techniques to piggyback malicious payloads into legitimate apps. It intentionally chooses legitimate apps that require root privilege to facilitate its payload. Uh, specifically, this is really clever. Wow. Um, specifically, by taking advantage of the root privilege, DKF Bootkit adds itself as a part of the boot sequence of the original Android system and then replaces a number of utility programs like uh, ifconfig or mount. Uh, by doing so, the malware can get started even before the entire Android framework is bootstrapped. So basically, like if, if even in, let's say, hypothetically you're running... Uh, Lookout, or what's what's the really popular? I, I forget the name of it, but uh, some sort of yeah, Android. Lookout. Yeah, is it Lookout? Okay, yeah. so you're running that. It's not gonna catch this because it's it, this is load. This is happening way before any of the Android framework, you know, gets called or or however you say it. Which is right. and this is the, I guess the first that uh, that's this is the first. <laughs> so, boot kits, ladies and gentlemen, boot kits. Uh, to the best of our knowledge, this says in this article on research.nq.com, uh, the, this malware is the first of its kind in moving towards a full-fledged bootkit on Android, which represents a serious threat to mobile users. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be the first, but it will not be the last. Yeah, for sure. Uh, based well, this, on... Based, this is going to be the biggest single new attack vector for viruses, malware, and security threats in the next five years. By vector, do you mean bootkit or Android? I mean mobile devices in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, most people are running without any kind of firewall, any kind of antivirus. Well, maybe not firewall. That may be unfair. Well, and this goes it, back to what we were talking about, that people basically just have little zombie botnets in their pockets now, right. walking around with, you know, LTE connectivity everywhere they go, just doing right. whoever's bidding. It's not your bidding but, anymore. I mean, Not some to of pick on, on one of our favorite operating system variants, but, you know, say, for instance, the boys at CyanogenMod, um, if one of them all of a sudden turns malicious and buries a bunch of code in there, um, we're all going to think it's the latest, greatest features and download it and install it on our phones, not think twice about it because it's CyanogenMod. Um, but, I mean, it, it's possible. I mean, you, you know, the if any legitimate site or any legitimate program gets hacked and the code gets altered, I mean, you could download the, the latest version of browser and it could be a, a hack attempt. Absolutely. Can I tell you, speaking of, and uh, we'll finish this up here in a sec, I got a little piece of phishing, I guess. It's, and you guys should probably watch out for this. It, it's from Verizon Wireless. It says it comes from W account notify at verizonwireless.com. So it, it looks totally legit, right? And it says in it, important account information it it looks exactly like the email copies of the bills that you get so here's your bill total balance due nine hundred and twenty one dollars and twenty cents and i'm like we got that actually last week uh one of my co-workers uh, got that same email it was a thousand thirty three dollars and ninety five cents and it was definitely a phishing email uh did you go hover over any of the links uh no well what i did was i i i 
I swore that I had paid our bill to where there was zero balance. So that immediately like hit because it's not, you know, there's five or four or five of us on the account. So it's not out of the range of plausibility that maybe we skipped a month or something. And yeah, the bill will get up to almost a thousand dollars between all of us and all of our data plan, you know, everything. So, but because I had known that, and I, I had just updated the app. Uh, Verizon updated uh, a specific My Verizon for the Galaxy Nexus app, so you can check your account. It's really handy, actually. I've never used that before, but um, so I went on there, and it said zero balance, and I was like, "Huh." So I forwarded it to my mom, and this I still maybe I th- it was an error or something. I had no idea it was malware or anything like that. I forwarded it to my mom like a jerk off, and I'm like, "Hey, why is you know what's up with the the phone bill?" I get a text from her like an hour later. She's like, "Something Google said this was infected." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yep. that oh okay." I was like, what, you didn't click on it, it did you? It was identical to the one that I got the other week. It was an email that looks, frankly, legit. Um, it, it looked, it, it, it had me fooled up until the point where I flew over one of the links and saw that it was taking me not to Verizon.net or VerizonWireless.com or, or what have you, but it was going to some site with a Spanish name. Oh, you know and what? It, now, that, uh, now that you mention that, if I hover over the part that says view and pay your bill, it yeah. redirects to pcstores.com.ar and then yeah. slash a random string slash index.html. The other... Exactly. And, and, and they if you both, go hover over the other ones, you'll find that they go to different links. It go no, that those two enroll in autopay goes to the same place, same exact really? string of random characters, same everything. My Verizon, yeah, these all go to the same link. So I, I don't know, man. The one that I had went to four different places, but same same idea. Um, and then even the the links like that, and this says 2011 Verizon Wireless at the very bottom. We respect your privacy. Please review our privacy policy. PCStores.com.ar slash same 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 exact everything. So that's uh, that's pretty funny. There, but it looks real. And listen, how many people, how many of our parents or or whoever would get something like that and just not even think and click on it because Verizon does send your statement like that and you click on it and it takes you to your account. So people are already conditioned to when they see something come from Verizon, which is why it's really dangerous. I think to have your you know, your banks or your carriers send you mail that has links to log into stuff. You should always, always, always go right. to the URL. That's just good security practice. But a, I think people the, know that, that and it opens them up to these these possibilities for attacks. The emails that I get from my financial institutions are all plain text and they simply state your e statement is now available. Go to our website and log in. And that's how it should be done. But because... The catch is, though, that even up here in Maine, this little tiny, relatively speaking, financial institution, they got fished, believe it or not. And there were people sending out HTML-laden emails that looked like a base version of the website for the credit union, and they contained links to malware. So yep. it, it can happen, no matter the size of your institution or not. So uh, joining us late, just a little late. Just 10 minutes late, Ant Pruitt from yet another techshow.com and a new domain.net. What's up, Ant? None much, man. Thanks for having me on here, even though I'm late. Hey, it's all good. Nice Better suit. Late than ever. Nice suit. I like that. Just get off work. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I just got back from work. 
Cool. Hey, Ant, your, uh, your, your gain might be a little on the high side. All right. Just a smidge. So, um, you yeah. You have to work in a suit? That's rough. <laughs> no, I don't have to. Sometimes I choose to. That's right. It's all about the class. You got to look good to feel good to work good, man. Just <laughs> like Deion Sanders said. <laughs> um, so to the, uh, they said that this is uh, the first of its kind moving towards full-fledged bootkit. Uh, based on the initial investigation, there's been more than 100 infected malware samples uh, that were identified, and this number is just growing. Uh, so basically, here's just a quick rundown of how it works. Uh, DKF Bootkit re- repackages legitimate apps, and this kind of reminds me of what Sherwin was talking about uh, a few, I think, four or five episodes ago when uh, we were talking about how you can uh, re- repackage apps to have these malicious payloads and stuff. This is basically what he was talking about, which is yeah. I gotta crazy. say though, that that is an old trick. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. it's a new platform, so it, right. Yeah. Uh, so they repackage legitimate apps by enclosing its own malicious payloads in them. The victim apps it chooses to infect are usually utility apps which require the root privilege to work properly. In the samples that were analyzed, the infected apps range from ones managing apps installed on the phone, unlocking popular games, uh, to others providing the license keys for some premium paid apps. These apps seem to have legitimate reasons to request root privilege for their own functionality. It also is reasonable to believe that users will likely grant the root privilege to these apps. Uh, however, DKF Bootkit makes use of the granted root privilege for other malicious purposes, namely compromising comp- compromising the system integrity. Uh, we believe DKF Bootkit is much more stealthy than the earlier Droid Kung Fu variants, which rely on existing exploits to gain root privilege. In the following, and then uh, there's some screenshots here, and it shows... Uh, an instance, a screenshot of a DKF bootkit infected sample that intends to provide the license key for a paid version of ROM Manager. You guys, I mean, we're all familiar with ROM Manager. This looks, you you wouldn't know if you would not know, except that you would maybe hopefully know that why is ROM Manager asking me for super user privileges again? Uh, maybe you would know that. I I don't know. But so that that's pretty crazy. Uh, says due to the fact that DKF Bootkit utilizes the root privilege and can be remotely controlled to install or remove apps without users' knowledge, we believe it poses serious threats to mobile users. Uh, and then, of course, there's like uh, three steps for for good smartphone security. You know, only download apps from trusted sources. Look and read comments. Read the developer site. You know, just read basically. Educate yourself. Uh, never accept app requests from unknown sources, monitor your permissions, all that. And especially if you're rooted. So if you're rooted, this can bootstrap to any app, right? This can, can piggyback any app because they all can ask for root permission, right? Right. So it's only Absolutely. if you're unrooted, it's going to strap itself onto the system apps because they, by default, have root privilege. Man. That's some tricky that like Joey said, old old trick, but that man, that that's that's pretty crazy. So watch out for that. It's uh, it's out there. It's coming to get ya. Phone of the moment. This one's my turn to pick. I gotta go with this triple E pad Mimo. It's not on sale here, of course, but it's just cool. I don't know. It's a it's the seven inch, comes with a stylus. Uh, it came up about a year ago at CES. 
and it's it's just cool. I I don't know. I like I I want that. It's got a, a gig of RAM, 1.2 gigahertz dual core Qualcomm, 16 gig storage, micro SD, uh, 1.2 front, 5 megapixel rear. Um, and it's just a cool little seven inch device. I don't know. That that looks like it would be the nice. It's like the pad phone, and that's I don't know. I really want the is pad. Is it really phone. a phone? I don't know if this one is this or yeah. It's got the 3G. Yeah, I think so. This isn't the pad phone though. Per, like this is this the Taiwan version of the pad phone? The pad Mimo. Maybe this is something different. I don't know. I want this, and I want the pad phone. So there's your phone at the moment. Do you guys uh, are are there any uh, other phones you guys are excited about? Ant? I still want to get my hands on that HTC phone. We um, still on the even one. Though X? I'm not a sense UI person. Sure. Um, I still want to get my hands on that just to see what it's like and see what the display looks like in comparison um, to the other devices that are out there now. When we've, are you still Jeremy? Is that or that that was Seth's pick? I guess. Are you are you still interested yeah. to see? We have some benchmarks uh, that came out for it. This is the One X versus the One S. Uh, looks like I mean. It's, Didn't one of them come with a quad versus coming with a dual? Yeah, well, the One X has that Tegra 3 quad core, so it's like the, the Prime, basically. It's a Tegra 3 in that thing. Uh, the One S has the Qualcomm uh, S4, which is a dual core that goes at 1.5 uh, gigahertz. So, um, yeah, I don't know. They said that the some of the benchmarks, I mean, they're basically, the One S got 5190 on a, this is what, Quadrant. Uh, and the One X got forty two seventeen, so <laughs> your your little quad core Tegra just got spanked a little bit, smoke, didn't it? <laughs> like, I mean, to put it bluntly, like you got smoked, fool. <laughs> and I know you can take, I mean, quadrant scores. I mean, what you know, take take from that what you will. It is. I think it's it's useful when measuring against other devices because when you just come out and say, "Oh, my my One X got forty two seventeen, like that in and of itself is meaningless. But when you say my One S got fifty one ninety and my One X got forty two seventeen, now you kind of have you know something to compare it to. Which what I mean, what does that really mean? The that the Tegra three just doesn't run whatever quadrant tests very well. Maybe the Qualcomm runs these tests a lot better. Okay, um, mi- mini rant. Benchmarking is useful when you're comparis- comparing two machines of a similar design or you're measuring before and after a hardware change right. in the same device. It's context. You need context for it to make sense. Right. The uh, PC World Magazine was famous for running this quote-unquote world bench software where it would do a series of standardized tests on every single hardware and generate this number. The problem was they rated that number on a sliding scale. Ah. So (laughs) it was almost meaningless. You came back and ran the same test on the same machine in six months, and it would score lower because there was something else that was newer and faster. It was... It was meaningless. Um, I mean, and the thing is, is that benchmarking is all about performance. I'm not saying the performance isn't important, but what about battery life? That's well, yeah. And th- this is solely just benchmarking. We're not talking right. about anything else with these two devices right here, except for the benchmarks. And, and yeah, but yeah. what's more important? Well, you know, 
the, how fast it can render X, Y, and Z, or how long the thing lasts before you. It have depends. To it. If your editor asks you to write an article about benchmarking, then I would say yes, <laughs> which I well, think is you, what this when is. When they have these benchmarks tests out there, are they uh, designed for these quad core chips, or you know? That's a I mean, good question. Apps, I would. You know, apps nowadays really aren't designed for these quad core chips, so you. you I would like to you know, think Quadrant updated itself to, you know, run with ICS and run with Tegra 3s. And, I mean, if, if it didn't support it, it wouldn't work, right? Or would it just be really slow? I don't, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, but then there was... Think about when, you, when you're benchmarking a PC. Um, they run all of these different tests at you, uh, especially when it comes to graphics. And you can have a crap graphics card, but it's still going to throw all of the information at you as if you have a right, a, a yeah, yeah. Beast, a video and, card. And it says here that this shows a few different things. Uh, for one, that HTC is just generally a, <laughs> like a, a complete hog when it comes to. Uh, but in this case, it looks like the new version they they got it going a, a lot better. It looks like it it really powered through there. Um, the Sense UI is what usually you know slows it down here. Um, right. Uh, let's see. Many consider Quadrant the best of the best when it comes to benchmarks for Android. I consider Quadrant the easiest to interpret, <laughs> which may translate <laughs> to being the best of the best. But but who knows? Um, so then the next one is Antutu, uh, which is another good benchmark one. I've never used this one. Uh, I've used that one after I put CM7 on my phone. That's the only time I've ever benchmarked my phone. And see, and, it um, it ranks it. It, it ranks the Tegra 3 way higher, and it also tests the GPU and the CPU. A large part of the Tegra 3's strong side is that it, it has this VSMP technology in the quad-core uh, that lets it do a lot of... It lets it do the floating-point operations. It, it powers through those. Just ridiculous. Uh, yes, it, it then... Let's see. It runs uh, the Qualcomm... Yeah, so uh, I mean, it, it depends, like what you know, what benchmark, and like Joey said, what you're looking for in it. This isn't going to tell you, like, if you could run this continuously and see how long the battery lasts when it's maxed out, that might be useful or or something that like that. That is useful, but <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Interesting to see, and it is also interesting to to compare them and and see that you know, the difference between just the apps and then the different processors and, and all that. It's, it's really interesting to have it right there in front of you. Uh, the last test that they ran was called Linpack, SmartBench, and then CFBench. So I'll put a link to these in the show notes. You can check them out for yourself. The 1X versus the 1S. Pretty cool. So remember the other day we were talking about Instagram and how it finally got on Android and we were we were pretty cruel to it. <laughs> I feel like maybe deserved, absolutely deserved. But you know, we we, we spoke our minds. Maybe. And then the next what couple days Facebook's like, oh yeah, I'll take that for a billion one billion dollars. Hey, I'm and not then, mad at Instagram. Then, they can give that money. You gotta get say it. it right if you're gonna say it. It's gonna be one billion dollars. Billion dollars. <laughs> Is that even? I mean, are we even talking real numbers anymore? Like, what does that even mean? You gave it them a means piece. That, you know what it means? I can tell you what it tell means. Tell me what it means, Jeremy. It means that Facebook is overvalued. <laughs> oh. 
if they're going to throw around money like that, if they're going to pick up a company with feed some poor revenue, starving Africans for God's sake, Facebook are throwing too much money at them. I agree, Jeremy. Instagram is a joke. One billion dollar joke. It's a joke. <laughs> is it funny yet? Is that? It's funny it's if you're funny. the guy that started Instagram and you just it's retired. Funny if you're Instagram. Yeah, I know, huh? All right, so all, all so, three of you, know you guys. What? Here's right now we can come up with what with the next Instagram. So I'm gonna make a let's see what's something that everybody else is doing. A game, <laughs> mobile app. I'm gonna make a mobile social media rock paper scissor social game okay it's gonna be a social media app and all it does is you're playing rock paper scissors with your friends it's like words with friends but but it's it's called rochambeau with friends right okay can it it be rock paper lizard uh rock paper scissors lizard spock no but check this out you have to buy through in-app purchases the lizard scissor spock whatever no no, see that already has a better business model than instagram boom done (laughs) you're welcome Okay. Where's so, my billion brilliant. dollars, Jeremy? So, mobile rock paper scissors go boom. It would, you know what? Get there Zynga, you go. and then Facebook can buy that for three hundred million dollars. Get Zynga on the horn. How do you do the lizard thing? I I don't I, I don't remember. Know. And for for listeners that might not know, in case we have like some people that don't overlap, uh, Joey is referencing. An episode or maybe even a couple episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Yes. And a t-shirt on Think Geek. True. Which probably came from the episode. Probably. Yeah, but I saw the t-shirt before I saw the show. Okay. So moving on. A billion dollars for Instagram. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) I mean, what is Facebook getting out of that, though? Filters, bro. Filters. (laughs) They have a billion dollars less that they have to count. This this is how I looked at it. It's a tax write-off. This is how I looked at it because I don't really think too highly of those um, hardcore Facebookers because they're the ones that are out there putting the, I just went and took a dump. Oh, boy, I don't feel good. (laughs) Oh, did you hear what so-and-so said today? Oh, I uh, think uh, some new Facebook friends, Ant. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really think too highly of a lot of the Facebook users. And so by them getting Instagram and somehow integrating this into Facebook, is this just another way for Facebook to boost these people's um, so-called intelligence or also known as idiocy into I, thinking that they're photographers? I it's say a it. way to boost their interaction with Facebook. It serves them right. It, it, it's <laughs> another reason that you never have to leave Facebook for social interaction. Now you don't even have to load Instagram in. Now you can just load the Facebook photo app. Well, and look what or- Facebook does already with photos. You, When you put your pictures on there, they pretty much, like, that's where they go to die. You're not getting them yeah. off of there. You're not going to put them somewhere else. So this, they don't need their audience, clearly. Facebook doesn't need, I mean, they're fine there. I, I don't. The talent maybe more I don't do they need more engineer I don't know I don't know. Like what exactly that would be worth a billion dollars is there some kind of patents? Like well, I I cannot begin to fathom what is there that they would want. Well that that that's a good point. You know, reloading developers, that's that's valuable. That's the only other thing I could think of. Like instead of sniping them from another company, just being like, you know what? Here's a billion dollars. Come with us if you want to live. You know, like that, and then done. You're done. Fine. Yeah. 
you know, are Facebook, you will be assimilated. My next question is, you know, if they're integrating this, didn't they also uh, integrate Skype? Like yeah, with, that was Microsoft yep. giving them a little hand up. Yeah, who right. uses that? I was gonna ask. Anybody freaking using it? I I know people that use Skype, but they never use it through Facebook. But check this out. No. Like, yeah, uh, you have to understand the whoa, whoa, guys, guys, guys. Before we go down that tangent, you have to understand that the people that we are and the people that we associate with. Yeah, tend to be higher on the geek echelon than Mom and Joe. Probably. I'm not even saying that. That's like true. that, that goes without saying. But the difference between hitting somebody up on Facebook chat and ringing them up with a camera for a video call, like I feel like those are two completely different levels of invasive interaction. You can text me, chat me all day long. I'm not taking video calls unless it's something that I like have planned out and I, I don't mean I'm gonna like go and, you know, put on makeup yeah. and everything, but I'm I'm not gonna be there in sweats and whatever, Joey. Hey, what's wrong with sweats? <laughs> anyway, I'm, but uh, do you get what I'm saying? Like you don't just randomly video chat somebody. It's more invasive. Not only well, do you no, hear but them, maybe, but you're seeing maybe, them. Okay. Yeah, but maybe it's not randomly video chatting, but what if it's the 86-year-old grandmother that's on Facebook that has a webcam but has no idea of how to set it up, no idea how to use Skype, no idea how to do any of these things, but their grandson can go on a Skype and start a video chat with them, and then they see a window pop up on their chat screen that says video chat enabled, and they click here to answer with video. They click on that, and all of a sudden it just works. So Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars to make the elderly able to share photos easier. Brilliant. You never know. Moving on. That's it right there. (laughs) Just some quick... Personally, I like to have all my photos look like they came from a 1974 Polaroid. Yep. Horrible. Just some, I, I, some. I have nothing nice I can say. Just some quick numbers. When it opened pre-reg for Android, uh, the the Android version, March twenty fourth, it opened four hundred thirty thousand pre-registration signups. Then it launched on Google Play, hit two thousand signups a minute. Today's milestone, and this was uh, ten hours ago, they achieved. What? Five and ten million downloads? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Wow. That's crazy. That's like a million a day. Or, wow. Wow. Anyway, I don't know. Whatever. I'm glad I'm not associated with those folks. I would be associated with some of that billion dollars. Like, hey, somebody, you should just give us a million dollars just to, like, let us go and see what kind of creative content we come up with. Like, just for the hell of it. And if if nothing happens and we blow it all on booze and hookers, then oh well. It was a good time. And we made a... Anyway. Chrome... I, I predict what would happen. It would be an app with video clips of four to five to six people bickering about a topic that would just play over and over and over and over and over. With booze. With booze. <laughs> and social. But it would be social because we can have a little chat. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, got some cool app updates. Chrome Beta got updated, and they added the capability to sync your tabs across other computers and across Android, which is just so awesome. I use this all the time on my tablet. If I just have Chrome open, whatever I was looking at, it's everywhere now. Like it's just it makes for a more seamless experience, and they're getting right. really smooth with it. Okay, hold on. At the risk of crapping on Google Chrome, which is an excellent product and has done a lot for me and I like, 
this tab syncing thing, first of all, they're not the only ones that have done this. This was actually something that Firefox rolled out before Chrome had it. Uh, granted, this is now, I think, the first mobile device, mobile browser that's done this. But there's this add-on. It's a free add-on called Xmarks. It synchronizes your bookmarks, and it synchronizes, and it can synchronize your open tabs. I usually have that disabled. Can I say something, I, though? The more extensions and add-ons you start putting on your browser, the more it starts to lag. I would rather them do it in the hard code of the engine itself than have to have uh, more extensions and stuff. But, but that's me personally. That's just personally. But, but this, there's a special kicker. Xmarks is available for Internet Explorer, for Firefox, for Chrome, for Opera, for Safari, for Windows, for Mac, for Linux, for Android, for iPhone, for huh. BlackBerry, for WebOS, blah, 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 blah. You can have your Xmarks add-on on every single native browser. What about Windows Phone? Uh, Windows Phone 2. I think. Uh, of course. Sold. I don't know. I don't know anyone that has one, so therefore it doesn't really matter. Um, but, shot. And, and to be Rich. honest with you, I'm not sure about the web OS either because that's kind of dead. Um, but um, uh, it, it, any of your major currently in development platforms, they either have an add-on or are probably working on one. And uh, you, I think you have to pay for the the premium version to get it on mobile devices, but it's like a dollar a month or something. It's it's nothing. It's like ten or twelve bucks a year, and for the convenience, it's just amazing because I can I have it installed on all my computers, and when I set down to a fresh computer or a fresh install of something, like if I blow my OS clean, I install three things immediately: Dropbox, uh, Xmarks, and LastPass, and those three things give me a lot of my uh, information, and I can keep, uh, I've got bookmarks in there that have been imported from computers that are five, six years old because I was able to put that uh, uh, add-on on them and, and have it work. So I think there's a lot to be said for that, if only for the flexibility, and because you're not <coughs> tied to Google Chrome in that case. Huh. I wish Google Chrome would stop crashing. This last update has just been terrible, by the way. Anyway, um, so yeah, this will let you sync tabs across multiple computers and devices, uh, and it works on Mac, Windows, Linux. Uh, if you're signed into your Google account, the tabs you have open on one computer will be right there on the others and your Android. Uh, and so, yeah. the difference. Uh, I like it. With this between Chrome to phone, um, do you remember the, that? Yeah, Chrome. I used to use Chrome to phone before this because you know there wasn't this. And that Chrome to phone was a one way only. It was sending stuff from your desktop browser to your phone. And I still okay. actually I still have it installed and when I hit it it'll send it to my Droid X still and my my Galaxy Nexus now. But it wasn't well, I mean, Chrome to phone was a twenty percent code job, I think. It was some guy that worked at Google, right? That did that in his twenty percent time. And I think Chrome incorporated some of that into the newer versions, I believe. I could be way off on that, but that's what I thought uh, I read. Sure, we can spread that rumor. Sounds good. This is how rumors get started. So, uh, yeah, and they say also the new Chrome beta update is 35% faster. So whatever ambiguity that that drums up, who knows? 35% faster, yay! All right, uh, moving on. I was kind of... Have you guys seen this new Intel study book tablet? This 
I don't know. This thing looks cool. It's just another, you know, tablet out there. One made by Intel, though, uh, which is neat. I saw that earlier. Um, but did it truly specify what, what OS it was going to be running, or is this something that's proprietary uh, it to, says to Intel? We have a 1024-600 uh, capacitive touchscreen and Windows 7 or Android 3.0 Honeycomb. Uh, okay. The former to come first, with the latter arriving by midsummer for school districts September shopping. So this is part of the Intel Learning Series initiative, uh, which okay. encompasses netbooks, convertible form factors, other stuff like that. Uh, and they're adding this study book, which is a seven-inch tablet that's going to go from around two to three hundred dollars. So it's not too bad. I mean, if I wish I had something like this when I was in school, like I carrying around books and their old books and like this just seems much more efficient. You can update them once you get everybody working on the same page. It, 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 it's better all around, I feel like. And Have you read anything substantial on something like this, though? No, not. Well, I haven't I saw read anything. Press on... release with them talking about the specs on it, and um, the first thing that come to my mind is okay. So this gets released into the schools. All right, how many per how many per school? How many per classroom? Right, then, right. Okay, what OS is it? Is it going to be uh, Android or is it going to be the Windows Eight uh, Metro UI and so forth? And then after that. Uh, are the kids really going to be using this for, for learning instead of picking up their regular no. textbooks to do their homework? No, they're not. I, I, it's going to take on what a... kind of a class you're talking about. Um, uh, for instance, I got to tell you, um, I got on the Khan Academy dot uh, org for the first time here um, Sunday, I think, and uh, was looking for a math lesson to a- to answer a question and. Believe it or not, I actually have to admit, math looked fun for the first time, like, ever to me. And it was because there was an interactive, or, well, not interactive, but a very visual, very audio uh, enveloping experience of learning how these math problems were processed. And I think that that sort of thing can feed into the classroom and can feed into uh, people's brains and perhaps reach a market that um, uh, d- just hasn't been served before. So but, basically making learning more intuitive, that's the, yes. that's the whole point. But of the thing tasks. is, that's it's going to take but, a few generations before you can get this you know, to where it's second nature. Like how long right. have we been raised on the old way of doing it? It's, it's going to take a while, but in the long run, this is much better. And I also think that it, it, it depends on the subject matter that you're trying to teach. Something that's science or, or has any kind of animation or procedure, like doing a math problem or something like that, lends itself to a video display. But um, You or, could teach anything instance, this way. You could, all you yeah, have to do is read. The book, though, is very difficult on one of those screens for an extended period. Then you get the e-ink extension. No problem. We'll sell that to you. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this thing, it's like a rugged, it's, it's got, you know, rubber things and big bezel. Like, it, you could drop this thing and, and throw it, and it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty rugged and shockproof. Or resistant, I should say, not proof, you know. I can uh, see you but now it's heavy. giving it a it's, little bit of user acceptance testing. It's, Let me see how far I can throw this thing. Yeah, it's a false disc. I wonder how it work as a wheel chuck underneath the water delivery truck. It's 1.2 pounds. <laughs> Uh, they say the screen is bright and sharp, black bezels leaving ample room for little young thumbs 
loading and switching uh, apps where it was good and snappy. Uh, the sound was a little tinny, but it was clear. Uh, they anticipate the kids prying the gaskets and the port covers off of the device. So, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Lovely. Just well, ripping them up. good to know they've actually spent time around children. Yeah. They mm. thought about it. <laughs> Intel showed a proof-of-concept 7-inch Classmate tablet at IDF uh, back in September of 2011, uh, but at the time it didn't see demand for a device lacking a keyboard. Uh, today, Dr. Wayne Grant, Director of Research and Planning for Intel's Education Market Platforms Group, he says, quote, The ecosystem is moving to touch and gesture software. It's a Gutenberg II time. As with the keyboarded classmates, the study book will not be manufactured by Intel, but by licensees who will distribute it to local OEMs uh, like Lenovo or uh, CTL Corp, stuff like that. So, I guess the real cool. question is, is at 199 to 299 is that cheap enough? Um, what, I, I, I still keep coming back to the reason why we haven't seen an Android tablet kick the crap out of the iPad is because we can't find an, an, an Android tablet that will either be A, small enough and cheap enough, or B, more powerful and worth the same amount of money. The TF701. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the Prime. I like the Note. The Note looks cool. I mean, there, there's some coming out. There haven't really been up to, you know, like, say, the last year, but yeah. it's the getting there. The problem is is that it's one of those things where that's almost too little too late, you know. Um, getting there, got, right? You know, I mean, it, it's one of those things where when Toyota starts having success with small cars, the first thing that GM starts to put in production is a smaller car. Uh, granted, it flopped, but... You know, it, it was a, a response to the market, and I don't think we've really seen a compelling quote-unquote iPad killer on either the uh, the uh, value side or the feature side. Just my opinion. Yeah, it'll come. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, the other episode we are talking about, Blue Stacks. Remember that? Uh, they just got a nice little investment from Qualcomm uh, after they got their, you know, we talked, we mentioned their beta was out. Uh, that beta got... One million downloads in ten days, and so Qualcomm said, uh, "Here you go, Here, here's some money." So they had uh, seven point six million in a venture fund uh, funding pre-launch, and then added another six point four million a few months later. Uh, AMD, Citrix Systems, Andreessen Horowitz, Ignition Ventures—all these guys are getting in on it. Uh, the startup finally released its public beta March twenty-seventh, and so far. Yeah, like we said, 10 days. That's it's Angry Birds numbers almost, huh? And for it's what it impressive. is, like this is a really specialized thing, you know? Like that's for something this specialized, those are really good numbers. But uh so yeah, acting through its venture arm Qualcomm Ventures, the chipmaker invested an undisclosed amount in blue stacks, but from what uh this is TechCrunch, what they've seen uh that so has, has anybody actually tried this i tried it last week <clears throat> excuse me but um apparently my video card wasn't sufficient for it was it really laggy or getting the triangle thing or what, what, what no, was it, it wouldn't even um it wouldn't even complete the installation wow um, wow and I'm, i thought i mean i know i don't have a high-end video card but geez it ain't that bad <laughs> Well, and I thought that's what beta the the new beta was supposed to fix was it, it's it's supposed to make it a lot smoother. So I wanted to try to do a review of it and write about it, 
But uh, I'll have no, to try no again. Go, bro. I'll have to try it after the show and see. And that was on Windows 7. Because I tried the old one, but that was when I was running Vista on this Vio, and it just, I don't know. Well, Vista is such a horrible dog. Right, but now I got seven and, and everything, and I, I'll, I'll try and write about it maybe. Right? Me and, maybe me and Ant can uh, write it up. That'd be cool. I got to say, one of the things that I'm disappointed with, um, I downloaded, I think it was actually one of your suggestions, Matt, uh, Frontline Commando the other day. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to play it, and between my relative clumsiness with uh, first-person shooters and the it's fact that person. I couldn't see the blasted uh, where I was supposed to tap because I'm left-handed and everything was biased for a right-handed person. Um, you can switch those in the options. Extremely and frustrating to use. <laughs> but sure. So um, I much prefer a mouse. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Not all of us can get headshots while taking screen caps. It's it's, a, it's an acquired <sighs> skill. <laughs> yes, Matt. We are all not as awesome as you, Just and saying. we bow down in your presence. Oh, now I, I didn't ask you to your boots. Is there anything else? I didn't you? ask you to do that. Just wear pants, man. That's all. Uh, yeah. That's all we want. <laughs> I wear am pants. wearing pants, not sweatpants. For the listeners, uh, Joey is doing the show in his pajama pants, sweatpants, and they are pants. <laughs> They're not pajama shorts. They're not pajama. Joey, you know. <clears throat> Joey, listen. This show is neither Walmart nor the trailer park. Oh. Moving on. <laughs> what? You've never gone down and, you know, like, checked the mail? I used to live in... Pajama pants? No. Like I did this afternoon? Anyway. So there you go. All right. Um, anything else we want to cover? There's a really good, uh, on the Hindustan Times, a good uh, overall Android smartphone review. They had the One X, the Galaxy Note, the Galaxy Nexus, and the Sony Xperia S. Uh, all kind of going head to head to head to head. Uh, dimensions, weight, display, GPU, CPU, camera—you know everything. Uh, so uh, pretty, pretty good. If you want to kind of see um, uh, um, among what's out there, which one maybe you would you would want to get. Um, so yeah, there's that, and I think that was about it. Yeah, I just want the Galaxy Note to come to Verizon. Yeah, yeah. yeah it also it depends on the carrier. That you have, you may not be able to get all of this uh, stuff. <laughs> I want it bad. All right. Well, you guys ready for app picks, and we'll wrap this thing up. Joey, go. I gotta give a uh, a shout out to my coworker Nate for this recommendation. Uh, it works amazingly well. Also, by the way, this is the same guy that has the Transformer Prime, who uh, I've been wanting to try out, and informed me today. Uh, there is no way in heck that I will get to play with his Transformer Prime. I believe <laughs> the word over my dead body was used. Yeah, I wouldn't um, let you play with mine either. Yeah, so anyway, um, shout out to Nate. Thanks for that. Uh, anywho, uh, this is an app called Radar Now. Um, long story made short, if you are a person who is concerned about the weather, like myself and Jeremy, we both are motorcyclists, and it's nice to know when you're heading into a shower or if you're heading into sunshine, or if you just like to know what's going on in the weather, uh, you can bring in weather apps up the kazoo, but if you just want to look at the weather, you what you really want is the weather, excuse me, what you really want is the radar, not the weather report. You want to go straight to that. Radar Now will do that for you. It brings up the radar for your area based upon your location uh, or based upon uh, a location that you specify, depending on your preference. Very cool. Radar Now. Jeremy? So this was something that I was kind of 
poking around. I had a little bit of time today, and I was like, you know, I never dig around into the lesser-known apps. So let's see what I can I can find out that might be a little useful. And what I came up with was an app called Warrantify. Uh, think the word warranty, but with IFY at the end. And basically, this is an app that lets you scan your receipts, plug in a little bit of data, and helps you keep track of warranties for the junk that you buy. Um, what I really like about it is that it backs the stuff up to a website. There is a web interface you can go in and, and access things, and it's free. Very cool. Oh, that is handy. Warrantify. Yeah. So is it, is it kind of like the like the grocery store things, but for your electronics? It's is it's that... a little more comprehensive. I mean, there, it, oh, it cool. could use a little bit of refinement, but um, you know, I I went out and what I tested it with, uh, I bought a new new uh, hiking backpack this weekend, and so I scanned the receipt and I plugged in the information on it and. Uh, you know, was able to call that receipt back up, and it looked good. And you know, of course, it nice. uses the camera on the phone. And you know, obviously, if you were to to try and go back through your your backlog of all that stuff that you've got, that'd be a pain in the butt. But oh, if you yeah. just started doing it for your new purchases, I, I could see it being uh, pretty handy. I think the receipt was uh, a good enough image that I could take it back, take my phone to the store, and say, "See, here's the data of what I bought," and I bet you they'd believe me. That's slick. Nice. All right. Warrantify. Uh, Ant? I'm going to go with Animated Widget. Um, it's a contact uh, app where it allows you to put different little widgets on your on your home screens or, or other, other um, multiple home screens. I like it because it allows me to put little pictures of – I mainly use it for my parents, basically, my mom and my dad, and it's got their little picture on there. And it has functionality to launch either email, launch text to them, or to call them, or whatever phone number you want them to call, uh, cell phone, home phone, work phone, and so forth. It's really easy to walk through and set up. They have a pro version. I just have the free version. It is definitely adequate for day-to-day -day use just to have quick access to a contact, <clears throat> excuse me, without having to actually go into your contacts. So just go to your home screen and just tap the widget. I know Moto Blur had a built-in widget similar to this, but even when I had stock uh, Moto Blur on my Droid X, that thing would crash, you know, probably within about an hour or two as far as the rendering on it would pixelate the pictures on it sometimes, or the widget would shrink or expand randomly. Right. So I got sick of that. But um, animated widget is pretty, pretty slick. Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with another keyboard. I, I've been using AI keyboard or AI, AI, AI board plus or whatever because it had really good predictive stuff. And I, I've been using that for a while. It, it has some bugs in it that are kind of annoying. So um, <clears throat> I heard on uh, the Twitch show all about Android, they were interviewing uh, the guy from SwiftKey. And just hearing him talk about it, like it made me want to try it. He he's really passionate about it, and and the really they're doing really cool stuff with the natural language processing, and and I so I gave it a try. Um, I I'm just using the trial, the free month uh, for SwiftKey X, and I have to say I wow, like coming I from 
<laughs> yeah, like coming from AI Keyboard Plus, and I still use AI Tablet on on my on my Prime because it splits it and it lets you float it and you can put it anywhere. So I'm I'm good there. But yeah, for the phone, man, I am so much faster with this thing, and its prediction is okay. It'll get better as I use it. So I think I'm probably gonna buy it. But um, yeah, if you're looking for another keyboard and you don't like Go Keyboard or you don't like um, what the one I'm using AI Keyboard or I mean, there's a ton of them out there. Uh, try SwiftKey X. I- I'm sure you guys have already. You guys are all like, "Yeah, duh, Matt, <laughs> duh." No, I had I but. had SwiftKey um, back when I first got my Android um, Droid X, and they've come you know leaps and bounds in their updates and improvements. Yeah, that's that's true too. If you tried it a long time ago, like I tried Go Keyboard a long time ago, and it it sucked. And then I tried it, you know, just a few months ago, and it was much much better. Um, yeah. yeah, these guys, uh, uh, most of these developers are, are updating it all the time. And, and the app, if you haven't looked at it in, you know, three to six months to a year, check it out again. Because chances are, whatever you didn't like about it, other people didn't like about it, too. And, and they fixed Fun, it. Funny so. thing with mine was, you know, like I said, I had it last year. And about two months ago, it just stopped working. I mean, it, Just it, it all would, of a sudden? Yeah, my my nice. um, predictive text wouldn't work some days. Oh, I hate uh, when that the, happens. The hover feature where you hover your finger over a key and it gives you the little pop up. Yeah, yeah. That quit working, <laughs> and um, sometimes I'd it would just stick on the screen, you know. And I'd I'd be on the home screen and my keyboard is there, and I couldn't swipe it down. Oh, I hate couldn't that. Let it go away. Yeah. And so I uninstall it, reinstall it, uninstall it, reinstall it. Same old crap. Cleared all the and caches. I emailed the developers, and the developers was like, "Well, you know, we got Swift Key X out there now. That's some old crap you're running. That, you know. Yeah. <laughs> got to get so on the new one. And I then tried there's it a... out, and it give you thirty. What was it like thirty days to try it out? And man, I knew I wasn't going back. You know, was it three ninety nine, Matt? Yeah, I think it's like four four oh five now. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not much. I mean, for for something you use all the time, like yeah. that's that's pretty good. I think. I don't know. I would and pay it, around five bucks. It keeps up with my it. slang and my lingo. Yep, I mean, yep. it, It's I love it, man. I love it. I, I like the ones that that learn as you use them, and they can associate which apps you're in. I start off my Gmail messages differently than my SMS messages, differently right. from my G chat messages. And uh, SwiftKey does that. SwiftKey X um, AI Keyboard Plus does that. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, check it out. Um, they have a new beta out that is just supposed to revolutionize the way we input text so um, I'm going to make a VIP account and check that out later maybe I'll write about it on groovypost.com so check that out it is SwiftKeyX alright um, before we get out of here I wanted to mention this because I think <laughs> I, I don't even know what what Rim is thinking a- anymore and I, I don't think I'm alone here but you know how everybody like to put I mean the playbook like you can you can sideload uh Android apps on it and Rim came out and said not anymore sorry can't no more like okay uh, because vice, that's going to help their cause the vice president <laughs> of developer relations via Twitter says piracy is a huge problem for Android devs is it are you are you sure because somebody just dropped two hundred million on a draw Pictionary game and a billion on a photo filter, so I think I think they're okay. But whatever. 
Um, harsh words, but strangely so, coming from a company whose share in the smartphone market is inching towards a zip. He says, "I'll tell you, Rim is walking around with a couple pickaxes and shovels, and looking for a grave." <laughs> he says, "We don't want to duplicate the chaotic cesspool of Android market." <laughs> and hey, 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 dude, it's called Google Play Store. Get it, get it, get it straight. Don't get it the twisted. The chaotic cesspool? That's what he said. Harsh words. What, 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 what does that even mean? How's your rim market, Brosif? How's How are your app developers doing? What's are they, it, what's are it they called? cool? Blackberry App World? Yeah, Isn't how's App it? World doing? Do you remember the that App sounds World? sounds like a bad mobile conference. The 2.1 version of the Playbook OS does not currently have a set release date because, you know, they don't know if they'll still be alive by then. Uh, But they do have a chance to reverse their decision if they get a sudden attack of customer empathy. Ported apps will still be available on the BlackBerry app world. Uh, We know there's a lot of developers that read uh, Android community here where this article was, uh, and they want to know who is piracy hurting. And all of the comments uh, say pretty much nope. <laughs> As an Android developer, I think they're full of it. <laughs> like that, that pretty much sums it up. You're pretty much full of it. So, I don't know, man. Another person commented, uh, we bought three of these tablets for Christmas for our kids under the impression that full Android market app capability was in the near future. Not happy at all. <laughs> Probably going to take all three of them back. So, there you go. I don't know. Rim, again, just writing the book of how to pilot your business directly into a cliff. I don't know. Well, they got rid of their co-CEOs, so, you know. Maybe that's part of the master plan. We're going to take this company back to its roots, back to just two people, and that's it. All right. Well, thank you, guys, uh, as usual. Thanks for listening, everybody. Ant, thank you. Thanks for having me. Joey, Jeremy, thank you. Yo, thank you. Thank you all. Oh, and by the way, the title of Ant's new blog, (laughs) myfavoriteinsect.com. Check out our writing over on GroovyPost.com and anewdomain.net. I wrote a quick little tip about how to disable your annoying uh, factory apps on the Prime. If if you have something like, say, oh, I don't know, browser starts malfunctioning, you just disable it. No problem. So check that out. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, the Facebook page, Google Plus page. And uh, write us a review. We appreciate that. Uh, Other than that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Good night. It's attack of the Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.